everyone. Welcome to HubShots episode 261. In this episode, we talk about ad sequences, adding to audiences using workflow actions and breaking down big goals. You're listening to Asia Pacific's number one HubSpot focused podcast where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks and strategies for growing your sales, service, marketing and operations results. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found and with me is Craig Belly from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? Well, I'm I'm well and I'm also slightly demoralized as we've been chatting about <laughs> before this episode, Ian. And it feeds into our first shot of the week, which is around breaking down big goals. What I did is I was comparing or I was reviewing some goals I'd written a year ago. Some of them were big goals. Some of them were just general goals. They related to various areas of my life, health, marriage, business, that kind of thing. And it was really confronting because I realized I'd made no progress on a whole bunch of these goals. And I was like, oh, man, I feel, well, down, actually. (laughs) I was like, imagine if this keeps going on five years, 10 years from now and making no progress. So, I chatted with you. You gave me some good insights. I chatted with other friends and also mentors of mine. And we came to some realizations. And I thought I'd share that with these listeners. I'm excited. Yeah. And then talk about how that relates to marketing and HubSpot in particular. So, a few things. Basically, comparing yourself to others is never really helpful. So, always compare yourself to yourself. Goals are good, but progress is the focus. And progress is about taking action. Taking action is about breaking down goals into small, manageable chunks. Nothing particularly insightful there. No great revelations. So, if it's that easy and simple, why haven't I made progress? And what we found when we were chatting through this is because I hadn't scheduled them. And again, this is kind of obvious, but maybe this is just a reminder to listeners about goals and we'll get on to how they relate to marketing in a second. But this whole idea, I actually had broken them down. I had these goals all broken down and what I needed to do and work backwards, all that kind of thing. I just hadn't scheduled them. And of course, then life got in the way, as it does for all of us. And so your mileage might vary. Uh, Maybe listeners have got this all under control. But I thought it might be useful to chat about this in terms of marketing and HubSpot. Because like any goal or priority, we have marketing goals, we have HubSpot goals, implementation goals. But even though we break them down into manageable chunks, unless we schedule them in and actually take action on them, we tend to find that after a year or so, we look back and nothing's happened. And we know this, don't we, Ian? Because the number of HubSpot portals we look into Every year, we're called in to check portals. The number of them that have nothing in place or very little or not even just a simple campaign in place is the majority. By the way, it's a nice exception, uh, listeners, when we uh, get called into a portal and we go in and they've got workflows and all kinds of things in place and we're going, oh, this is fantastic. Naming conventions. We're just like, oh, this is fantastic. And we say to these, uh, you know, these people that have asked us to help, we say, oh, do you actually realize you're in the, like the top 5% here? Because most portals we see are underwhelming and not filled out. So, by the way, if that's you, you're not alone. And it's actually one of the reasons we created that 28-day marketing challenge. It's actually to get a small set of actions, small manageable chunks done. It's actually about scheduling it in. So I thought that might be a useful reminder for listeners uh, with your HubSpot set up, your marketing campaigns. Sure, break them down in manageable chunks, but schedule them in. 
And so, uh, will you help me be accountable? Reply to this. When you get the show notes, by the way, sign up at hubshots.com. When you get the show notes, reply and tell me if you've scheduled stuff in and give me your tips. I don't know. Do you schedule stuff in, Ian? Yes, I do, Craig. And I think... I am just like you. I could quite easily forget. And if you don't schedule it in, you just don't find, you don't set aside the time to do it. And I've forgotten what this principle was, but you know, if you've given a certain amount of time to do something, you'll get it done. And if you've got time that's free, it'll always get filled up with stuff to do and not the stuff that you actually need to do, which is really important. So yeah, let's hold each other accountable. And I guess we have, in in essence, like if we look at one part of our lives where we've done this podcast now, six years, Craig, as we head into inbound 2021, six years, we've held each other accountable to turning up every week to do this show, to put together notes. And as a result, we've become good friends and uh, we've actually learned a lot together and we've been on a journey. And I think you very kindly shared what an impact that's had on you. And it's had a very big impact on on me and our business. So very thankful for that. So publicly going to say thank you to you for being a good friend and being a good uh, partner. Thanks, Ian. And you know, that's the perfect example. You've actually brought that full circle, brought back to Hubshots because it's scheduled into our calendars every week. It's scheduled in. It's a perfect example. And I was actually, I was chatting with Adam Downer, a shout out to Adam, how are you going, the other day, and I was actually talking about you, Ian, and he was going, oh man, you've done the, the podcast for six years, how do you keep going? I said like, oh, Ian just keeps me accountable. In fact, I know unless we caught up each weekend, there's no way I'd do it. <laughs> I would have let it drag out. So yeah, schedule it in and accountability. Thank you. All right, on to our quick shots of the week. And here are some things to note. We've got now HubSpot brand defaults that, that are now called from code within themes, which is pretty cool. The next one is a reminder that you can create repeating tasks, as we mentioned a few episodes ago, and that is fantastic. So listeners, if you're not using it, go and do that, especially create a repeat, repeating task to check certain things in your portal like workflows that often can be optimized on a monthly or even quarterly basis. And finally, a knowledge base article on custom code actions in workflows. And listeners, we have not used this as yet, but we wanted to share that it's available to you. All right, on to our HubSpot marketing feature of the week, Craig. And let's talk about ad sequences and not sales sequences, but ad sequences. That's right. Ad sequences, which is a confusing name. We'll come to terminology later. But let me give you a little bit of context to this. I'm going to go back in the history of HubSpot just as a bit of a refresher for people. And then we're going to talk about how far the whole approach to ads has come in HubSpot's methodology and also in their platform. So if you've been using HubSpot for many HubShots, if you've been using HubSpot for many years, like eight to ten years, you'll recall that in the early days their whole inbound methodology was just content. They were very negative or critical of things like ads, cold calling, anything that wasn't inbound, I guess their naming was really people are attracted to it. And then what, maybe five to six years ago, they started changing their, or dialing it back a bit in, in terms of their criticism of ads. And then they add the they had the ads add-on, which they launched, which was more for reporting. And then, of course, they, were, they went through that awkward stage where they started talking about ads as being 
in an inboundy way and they tried to make it part of inbound and all that kind of thing. They've kind of given up, I think, on that mostly, although they still will call it about inboundy in an inbound way. And there are articles, we've linked to them in the show notes, where they'll talk about cold calling as being part of an inbound approach. I mean, I'm not making this up, but I, I know I kind of ridicule it a bit, but it's all kind of indicative of them changing over time as is required. And kudos for them for keeping in, you know, staying up to date with the times and changing and adapting their platform to accommodate. And so, say in the last two years or so, they've really, they've moved a little bit away from this inbound label and they've used terms like journey-based advertising, which incidentally wasn't their creation. Other agencies have used that, but they've kind of used that term. And now they're building on that term with some implementation in the product called ad sequences or ad sequencing. And so, that brings us to today's, well, topic in the product, ad sequences, and it's, it's not actually new, though. They had this in beta last November or so, I think, and it's now in public beta. So that's probably why you're hearing more about it now. And in that, what they've made really easy to use is this sense of creating a series of ad campaigns that follow a prospect or contacts progression through a series of engagement journeys, shall we say. That's why they call it journey-based advertising or sequences. Now, in the show notes, we've linked through to a Loom overview uh, by Katie, which is excellent. I really recommend it. It's an update to the, she had a video about a year ago on this, but this is her updated one. She walks you through an example of ad sequences, creating an ad sequence. We start, by the way, this is only in Facebook so far and probably will be for a while. They might have some thoughts about building it for LinkedIn or Google, but those platforms aren't quite as appropriate as Facebook. Facebook's excellent for this, but it really starts with creating a video and then based on people watching the video, a certain percentage, 25, 50%, they move into their audience, into another audience, and then the next stage of a sequence. And so that might be to offer an ebook or an educational resource. Someone signs up for that, they go progress into another audience. And then in that audience, they're seeing another offer. It might be actually an offer to the product or it might be a case study. It might actually be a testimonial, which further progresses them along their journey to being a customer and ideally a repeat customer and an advocate for the product. I really recommend this video. She does an excellent job in making it look so easy and in surfacing the features of HubSpot that HubSpot have put in. I'm not going to go through it all here in, in this shot. I think it, the video itself is, is worth watching. It's eight minutes, which you might think, oh, eight minutes is a long video. It's worth it. Watch it because she just walks you through how easy it is to do. It's also a good marketing training lesson, really. We're going to talk about this later in the show as well, just about this whole approach to progression in terms of ads. But she does a really good job and really highlights how to use it in HubSpot. And I think this is excellent. You can do this in your ads tool if you've got pro or above, and it's essentially just a type of campaign, an ad sequence campaign. I think it's really good. I recommend you use it, start playing with it, and embrace the methodology behind it as well as just implementing it. This is kind of a standard playbook that we use on Facebook, and now HubSpot has made it so easy to implement. What's your thoughts on this approach, Ian? I mean, this is not a new approach, but I think the implementation ability is really, really slick. Exactly. And that's what has been brought uh, to the forefront with this now in HubSpot. So listeners, I think 
what you should remember is you need to make A, understand what you're doing and B, have that process mapped out and then use the tools, which is in HubSpot, to create this experience for people. I'll just finish off this shot by saying, what does inbound even mean this day, these days, right? You know, we talk about the inbound methodology. I don't know what it even means. The best I could, because it's changed so much, right? The best I could come up with is it means, or the criteria is add value to the user experience. I think what that's what inbound means. It's really just yeah. add value rather than annoy. That is and exactly if, right. If that's all it means, then that's a good thing. You've got to make that flywheel spin faster, Craig. All right, talking about flywheels spinning faster, we're on to our HubSpot sales feature of the week, and this is using HubSpot meetings to sync with your calendar. Now, users, if you haven't realized that you can connect your calendar in, just like you connect your email in to get to track and log uh, items in HubSpot, you can also connect your calendar in to give people the ability to book meetings with you without having to do the backwards and forwards chasing to find an appropriate time. But what we're going to cover in this shot is the different types. So most people would think about a meeting and they would think about it being one-on-one. So if like I wanted to book a meeting with Craig and I would give him the ability to do that and book it into my calendar. Now, let's say one of you all want to book a meeting with Craig and myself and you want to have a chat. That's what we would call a group booking. So we both need to be free at the same time so you can book that meeting in our calendars. And that's the second option. The third option might be what we would call round robin. And that is where Craig and myself will be potentially be able to take the meeting and it finds based on your availability, the best time that suits and then assigns the person available at that time to participate in that meeting. And those are the three options and they work really well if you are working a part of a team And you're making sure that you're trying to give people the best possible options in terms of meeting with you. I really think this is a powerful feature. And look, we've covered it many times on the show. It's not new. This has been in the product for a long time. Although some of the, there are some nice new little enhancements that always come out. The reason I wanted to highlight it again in the show and in the show notes, by the way, listeners, I've listed out, I've actually basically done screenshots of how I build out a meeting and the settings I use, because there's some nice settings around setting buffers, around meetings, minimum times before you get booked on a meeting. There's nothing worse than, well, there's a free spot in your uh, calendar this afternoon, but because you aren't checking your email, you miss it. So I always set a minimum time so they, they can't book in in the next you know two hours or something like that. I walk you through all the settings I use when I set it up. But the reason I wanted to do it is because we've actually been chatting with clients that have HubSpot lately. And even though they're using HubSpot in quite an advanced manner, they don't, they aren't aware of this HubSpot meetings feature. And so they're not using it. And in fact, we get questions like, oh, but what's if they book in and I've already got something booked in my calendar? And it's like the first thing we're going, no, no, it does all that for you. It syncs. So even though you might set a window, yeah, I'm available nine to five. If you're already booked in your calendar, it won't make it available. So all those basics are handled by HubSpot. It's a beautiful feature. Have a look. I've uh, written extensive show notes around it and make sure you're using it if you aren't already. I think it's a really good feature. By the way, you can set up multiple meetings or what are they called? Scheduling pages or something like that. Yes. You can set up multiple. I think I've got about 10 different options. And then on some pages, I just embed depending on the kind of meeting that I'm being available for. 
So read through that, make sure you're using it. If you've got any questions, let me know. And that's that's just on the one-on-ones. And then, of course, as Ian said, the groups and the round robins just add further functionality. Also, you can even send who it comes from. Let's yes. say you're doing group meetings or, or round robin. You can actually set who it comes from. You can set it from a, a general team account, all this kind of thing. Very flexible. You can embed it. So you don't actually have to send a link. You can embed it on pages, WordPress pages, all that kind of thing. It's seamless. It's part of your site. Look, stop me now, Ian. I'm just going to go on all night about it. It's a really good feature. I think it's hidden away and people don't realize it, use it, and then comes to it later. So there's two things I want to highlight here, Craig. Firstly, we all are using Zoom or Google Meet, and that's available as a location preference. So it will schedule it in and create the Zoom link, which I love. And same with the Google Meet. I don't believe that Office 365 or the Microsoft version of Meetings is in there yet, but I'm sure that will come down the line. And the next thing, if you are in sales and you're trying to understand the meeting types, and this is more to do around reporting and understanding how many meetings, say, for example, it's taking you to get through the sales process and you've got this well-defined. This is actually really good because you could have a, a separate meeting for each kind of meeting type and work out what's working and how long things are taking based on that meeting type and setting that within the setup when you are creating the meeting. So if you're not using it, go and use it because you'll find it extremely valuable. All right, talking about our HubSpot service feature of the week, Craig, and this is to do with knowledge-based support forms. And I want to tie this in with uh, talking about ads and how we started around this path was if we're talking about ads along a journey, how do we use ads effectively in that journey to make customers better customers of ours and get maximize the return? So we were, t- we were talking about using customers or using the ads to draw customers back to your knowledge base where they can actually educate themselves and find items about your product or service that helps them be more educated and utilize it better. And one of the things that flew, uh, that, sorry, sorry, not flew out of that, but came out of that was the ability in the knowledge base, if you, especially if you've had this set up for a while, is the ability to add a support form so that people can submit any question that they don't see on your knowledge base. And surprisingly, Craig, I've tried this on a few knowledge bases now or set them up for customers and people use them. It's, it's interesting, the behavior, but you just give a really simple way for people to let you know what they can't find. And it just gives you an opportunity to start that conversation with them, but also improve your knowledge base and grow that as time grows. So well worth the effort. All right, onto our HubSpot workflow action of the week. And we love automation, don't we, Craig? We do. And again, following on from our discussions around ad sequencing in shot three, thought I'd talk about an, a HubSpot workflow action that allows you to manually add contacts in and out of audiences. And so In the workflow actions options, there's one called ads management, add to an ads audience, and you can also remove. These are simple to set up. You can create the ads audience in there. And as a contact comes from a workflow, you can, based on criteria, say, right, I'm going to add them to this kind of audience or remove them from another kind of audience. And those sync back automatically uh, to Facebook or Google or LinkedIn. And that's a nice way if you've got campaigns based on those synced audiences, then people drop in and drop out. 
So they purchase something, you might add them to an audience that is customers, which gets excluded from top of the funnel uh, or promotional campaigns, things like that. So another nice way to manage this whole ad sequence or progression methodology. All right. And leading on from that, our marketing tip of the week is about thinking in engagement progressions. And this is really expanding on our ad sequencing discussion earlier, where we start to think about all our contacts, including our customers and the interactions we have with them in terms of progressions of engagement. So, Craig, let's look at some of these progressions that usually work along these lines well. When we think of a standard Facebook playbook, which you know we've probably been, do- been doing for years, and as Katie covered in her Loom video, which we recommended earlier, it normally starts with something easily consumable, uh, some helpful content. So videos are perfect for this. So that's the way it starts, this progression. It starts with some initial engagement. Now, based on that engagement, e.g. watching a percentage of the video, that then progresses them into another audience. And you might promote an educational resource, uh, kind of like as we set up. And from there? Based on signups, you could offer them a product promotion. And from there, you could, based on their purchase, offer them an upsell promotion beyond that. That's right. And this is, uh, by the way, this is all retargeting audiences uh, in a sense. It's like they progress into the next audience that they get targeted with or retargeted with. And then, look, it doesn't have to finish there because you can actually progress further upsells. You might promote, let's say they've actually purchased a number of upsells. Why don't you promote a knowledge base for deeper engagement? They're using your product. Why don't you get them working with your product more deeply? And from even there, based on that, well, let's say they're using your product and they're working. Why don't you offer them the next step, which I don't know, it could be an affiliate program or a partner program or something. Like you can see it, it, it's not only when they're a prospect, but they go to a customer and they go into advocate or um, evangelist for you. You can still be progressing them. And so we think of this, uh, or we like to refer to this as engagement progressions. And I think, as you said earlier, Ian, this whole idea of calling them ad sequences in HubSpot can be confusing because you're like, oh, sequences, yeah, right. Like under sales, is that where sequences are? No, no, this is a different type of sequence. This is ad sequences. All right, where's that on the menu? No, no, you've got to go to ads. Yeah, then you've got to create new campaign. Yeah, and then you choose ad sequence. Oh, okay. You know, it's kind of like, oh, a bit confusing. Anyway, that's it's hard to name things though, isn't it, Ian? But uh, It is. I think engagement progressions is the the terminology I use. That's right. So now thinking about how we can implement these with ads, but how can we implement this further? So let's talk about uh, something that most people can do right now would be email nurtures using active lists, right? A great way to start. The next I would say, and one we love is a pop-up form or a sliding progression using behavioral targeting. Now, listeners, if you're not using behavioral targeting on pop-up forms, you should because the opportunity that you have to give people what they want in the right place is so great that you will not realize the difference it can make to you. And finally, Craig? And you can also use smart content using active lists and, well, other criteria as well. The point is, these engagement progressions, they're not just based on ads. They're not just ad campaigns, ad sequences. They're actually across your whole suite of HubSpot uh, features. Ads, of course, yeah, use that. But use your email nurtures, pop-up forms, smart content as well to progress people based on engagement. All right. Uh, Insight of the week, Craig. And this is, you should be using Loom if you have not used it already. 
Yeah, that's right. Loom, great video tool. We, we talk about it all the time. It's so beautiful. But here's the thing. By the way, no massive insight of the week but, uh, this week, folks. I think we've covered enough already <laughs> in the show. But um, Loom, well, who's going to acquire that, Ian? I know. When's I think that going to be perfect. acquired? Perfect fit for HubSpot, really. Yeah, HubSpot should acquire Loom. Oh, that's goodness. right. It's so good. Such a good tool. All right, on to our throwback HubSpot throwback of the week. And can you believe a year ago, Craig, HubSpot had introduced personalization tokens into automated marketing emails that supported custom objects. And that's an enterprise feature, customers, if you're thinking about it. But I'm thinking, wow, that year has gone by really quickly because I remember when that was actually spoken about and here we are a year later, that feature has been released. And finally, another one that was released around the same time was the ability to add attachments in comments section of your inbox within HubSpot. Another little feature that has made the system so much greater. Craig, what's the quote of the week? Well, in keeping in line with our topic around goals, here's from a famous artist. I'll mention their name at the end. Our goals can only be reached through a vehicle of a plan in which we must fervently believe and upon which we must vigorously act. There is no other route to success. That was Pablo Picasso, Ian. Can you believe it? Wow. All right. And there is one bonus tip, Craig, and I'm going to call this the life-changing feature of the week. If you use Google Docs, what is it, Craig? I could not believe this bookmarks in Google Docs. Thanks to Marie, who highlighted this to me the other day in a meeting. We've been using Google Docs for I don't know how long, many years, probably- 10 years. Probably 10 years. Yeah. I'd never seen bookmarks. It's been there from the start, Ian. I never saw it. Anyway, you just add a bookmark and then you've got a link which you can easily share. So if you've got a long document, you just bookmark it somewhere down in the, that you want to share and then you share that link. It takes them straight there. None of this are uh, having to create a heading and try and get a heading link and send that to bookmarks. I don't know. Anyway, if am I the only person that doesn't know about this? <laughs> are all no, the listeners Craig. going... <laughs> I didn't know about it and today my life was changed by just knowing that. Yeah, it's so good. Well, listeners, we hope you've enjoyed this show. And again, if you haven't signed up for the show notes, please go to hubshots.com and sign up. Again, if you are interested in the 28-day marketing challenge, please sign up because we'll be excited to have you and take you through 28 days to launch a campaign in your HubSpot portal. And you get to do that with the expertise of Craig and myself. Well, Craig, until next week. Catch you later, Ian. Hey there, thanks for listening to this episode of HubShots. To get the latest show notes, HubSpot tips and resources, sign up at hubshots.com. You can also book time with us to help you grow better with HubSpot. 